Lisa Left Eye Lopez conquered the music industry as one third of the power trio TLC, selling over 65 million copies worldwide. But underneath the surface of that success was a woman yearning for more. After years of bad press and personal setbacks, Lisa decided to skip the lakes and the rivers that she was used to and chase waterfalls in the Honduran jungle. It would end her life on Earth. That's today on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <gasps> what do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, Dedo. Here we are. Here we go. What's up? What's going on this week, guys? Jesus We're Christ. back. Yeah. We're never ending here. What's up, everybody? My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And this, I believe, tell me if I'm wrong, this is the first episode taking us to Central America. Wow. For the most part. For the most part. What an interesting stat. <laughs> I can't commit to that. <laughs> but we will be in Central America at some point in this episode. We yes. will. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, good stat. I guess we're going we're going south of the border here today. Yeah, I'm looking for to chart in other places, I guess. You want to watch like E live on after this, like live on, you know, yeah. live on Mexico or something. or it's me rolling drunk around a beach. Or yeah. Wild On. Yeah. Wild On, that's yeah. what it was. That was yeah. quite a show, Brooke Burke. Yeah. yeah and, then, and Jules Asner before her. Hey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then she hosted E News Daily. And then she fucking married Steven Soderbergh and disappeared. Wow. I know. I, I, I went to... A sushi place in Los Feliz one time, and I saw him and her. No. And I was with someone that knew him. And I was saying hi. I had just moved to LA, and I'm shaking hands with Steven Soderbergh. Wow. And, and Jules Asner. It was fucking insane. That's crazy. That's yeah. amazing. I actually might want to meet Jules Asner more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, than Soderbergh. Well, because I grew up watching her on E. She used to present the entertainment news, you know? True. Yeah. News like Lisa Left Eye dying. Yes. Yeah. Whoa, Whoa, spoiler alert. Geez. Yeah. It's like a smooth transition right into your pod. <laughs> We're going all the way back to April 25th, 2002. Ooh. All right, we got the pop culture flash here. Here we go. April 25th, 2002. Mark, do you know what was going on in the box office? Oh, let's check out the box office here, guys. Um, the number three movie at this time, Murder by Numbers. Which was with Ryan Gosling and Sandra Bullock. I don't know if anyone oh, remembers this. Oh yes. And the the rumor was that they were uh, they were banging, doing a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That really was the. Rumor? It wasn't just murdered by numbers. Yeah. If you know what I mean. <laughs> so that was a real rumor. I yeah, never that heard was that. a real rumor. Yeah, because oh, yeah. <laughs> he seemed like young for her at that time. Yeah, they have a very uh, wide age difference. Because that was before the Notebook. This is before he really hit. Like I think his first movie was that one where he played a neo-Nazi with uh, with <laughs> with one of the Phoenix. The Fe uh, Summer Phoenix was in it with him. You got to oh, watch it. It's wow. it's a very intense movie. It's good though. Okay, I have not seen that one. The Messenger. I recommend it. Moving on here, number two, The Believer. 
The believer. Okay, messenger. I was wrong. I was right. <laughs> I was right. It was the something. Yeah, he plays a young fascist who really seems to believe the anti-Semitic vitriol he spews. Yeah, skinhead punk. Take that, Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two, changing lanes with uh, Ben Affleck and Samuel Sam. L. Jackson. Yeah, very uh, apropos for today's story. Yeah. Oh, oh, changing, changing lanes. lanes. Yeah, I, I don't know what the message behind it is, <laughs> <Yeah>. but yes, <laughs> physically, yes. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. That um, could be the name of this episode. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, could be. Little hints. We don't want to dive into it yet, but we do want to dive into the number one movie <laughs> right now. Mark's a pro. Yeah, it really pro. is. Yeah, <laughs> the Scorpion King. I oh, assume that, is this The Rock or is this Brendan Fraser? Oh, it's The Rock. It was his debut his, as a movie star. His breakout role as a cartoon Scorpion King. The yeah, worst CGI it's in history. So bad. So bad. I never watched it. I, I was Brendan Fraser came out with one in two thousand. Well, the first one was like 99. Okay. Yeah. And this the was one. the third one? Uh, there was The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, and I think that, yeah, Scorpion King might oh, have been this one. The Mummy Returns is the one with the bad CGI. Because remember, they debuted him at the end, and then he got his spinoff movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They Why debuted ever... him with a cartoon, like, <laughs> Windows 2000 CGI yeah. face. yeah. And that's when he came up with like the whole tattoo across his arm and like chest and stuff. Really? To make it, I don't know. I was like, is he just playing the character in real life now? Like, it's just Hollywood executives and lawyers like create these like Frankenstein movies where they're they're kind of an IP of a different thing, and then they Mm -hmm. morph into some disgusting thing. (laughs) Yeah, because basically they're looking at Brendan Fraser, and then they're like. Uh, actually, you, The Rock. Yeah. We want to do the next movie with you. Yeah, you, you're in better shape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, nowadays for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mentically and physically. Yeah. yeah. And yeah I think I just said mentically. Mentically. What the I, li- fuck is I that like mean? it. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a new word. <laughs> Kyle's having like a stroke. Or How are you doing breakdown. mentally? Yeah, mentically. Not well. <laughs> Based off the fact you're making up uh, words. That don't exist here. You're a mentic case. Yeah. <laughs> You're an anti-semantic. The mentic the list over here. Uh, so, Kyle, what is going on with the music situation this current time? Top three on the Billboard charts at this time. Ain't It Funny by J-Lo. What's funny? What's so funny about this fucking song? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Number two is What's Love by Fat Joe. I remember these songs. Yeah. yeah. Fat Joe was the shit. Turn the fucking mic on. And then it goes into like this like happy, what like sappy love? song. Yeah. Isn't that with Ashanti yeah. also? Who's also, I don't want to give anything away here, but she's also has the number one song right now. Oh, that's right. He yeah. was trying to deliver you a segue. Yeah. Kyle <laughs> looks like a I'm deer in the headlights. He's <laughs> mentally insane right now. <laughs> but I think that's the thing we take away from this. Ashanti was really questioning. Because number one, I'll take it from you, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> foolish by Ashanti. Yes. Yes. You were very foolish to not take that segue. Yeah, no, I was just <laughs> yeah. staring at him. Yeah. You're like the other volleyball player. When I, when I set it up for you, you just sit there. Yeah, I just look at it. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Uh, what else is there to say, guys? Uh, we're about to take a break to take some vitamins and come right back with our brains. Yeah. We're going to give Kyle some smelling salt. <laughs> I say we shanty over to the story Ooh. for today. Oh, you shant. Let's hey. go.
Lisa Lopez, spelled L-O-P-E-S, by the way. Mm-hmm. Lisa was born on May 27th, 1971 in Philadelphia. Philly. Fly, Eagles, fly. Daughter of Ronald Lopez, an Army Staff Sergeant, and Wanda, who was a seamstress. She was actually a fish. <laughs> Oh the kids are going to love that reference. Yeah. <laughs> a fish called Wanda reference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, fish called Wanda heads out there. Got my finger but, on the pulse. Yeah. A lot of Kevin Klein fans listening right now. <laughs> she had one younger brother and one younger sister, Ronald Jr. and Raina, but her nickname was Raindrop. R-E-I-G-N, then drop. Man, that's a that's very intricate uh, nickname for a kid like that. Raindrop. Raindrop, mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. That sounds like a good tag name, like yeah. if you're doing graffiti. Oh, I thought you meant like if you're playing the game tag. Or that too. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm Raindrop. <laughs> yeah. Come and catch me. If you, ha- if you feel the need to create your own names for that, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> they were raised as army brats. They would move around to different spots on the East Coast. Dad Ronald ran the house like a boot camp. He would line the kids up like soldiers and march in front of them and say, how could you guys have seen that pen on the ground and not picked it up? Wow. You all just looked at that pen on the ground and you didn't pick it up. He's like the guy from Full Metal Jacket, but yeah. like, like, they're like little kids, though. Yeah. <laughs> Private Lopez, why didn't you pick up that pen? <laughs> You know, he was just a monster, basically. He was very abusive to wife Wanda. The fighting got so bad that they were kicked out of Fort Dix. Wow. that you got Is that in North Carolina? Where is Fort Dix? I forgot. No, that is in New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. You really got to uh, do some bad shit to get kicked off those. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. It took yeah. a lot for Jeffrey Dahmer to get kicked out of the army. Yeah, for yeah. real. But they let him stay in the army, but they were kicked off the base from living. Yes, exactly. Okay. Raindrop, remember her? Of course. She says that she and Lisa used to be obsessed with the famous TV movie, The Burning Bed, starring Farrah Fawcett. Because in that movie, Farrah eventually lights the bed on fire of her abusive husband. Uh, are you saying she learned something from this later on? No, she says they would <laughs> fantasize about doing that to their dad. Oh, as- okay. But yes, yeah, your it seems is like I don't want to get ahead of anything. A little but foreshadowing, yeah. but yeah. it may come up again. Hang on to that. Stick a pin in that. But yeah, that's the scene here. Basically, Lisa's the only one. I don't know if because she's the oldest, she still has that got to respect your parents mentality, yeah. no matter what. But Raindrop hates the dad. Mm. Just so I, I'm clear now, Raindrop is that is not Lisa at no. this point. Okay, that's the sister. It's Raina. Yeah, Lisa is Lisa. Okay. Raindrop is her younger sister. Gotcha, gotcha. Ronald Jr. is her yeah. younger brother. Gotcha. That's he, it. He doesn't have a name. Okay. And they're in Philly. And they're, and they're kind Philly. of moving around, though, because of the... Kicked out of Fort Dix, but they're, yes. but they're in that greater tri-state area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ronald and Wanda eventually divorced while Lisa was in grade school, and the family moved from Philly to Florida. So that's a change of scenery. That's a big jump right there. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a lateral move with, like, you know, humanity. <laughs> <laughs> right. Philly is an interesting place. Especially for a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Like, let's go to another place that will just bring out all our dysfunctions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's bring this mess down to Florida if they didn't have enough already down there. The family unit got separated. 
they were staying with different people. Oh, no. And Lisa ended up with her nana on her paternal side. And her dad would be in and out of the picture after that. So the dad and the his wife were like on shaky ground anyway. They were like not really uh, together anymore. They divorced. They divorced. Yeah, okay. that's why they moved. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so they are officially divorced. She's yeah. done with him. Ronald, her dad, would let Lisa drink when she was a young teenager. Damn. He would bring her home cases of beer. What the hell happened to this guy? In the flick of a switch, it's just yeah. like all of a sudden he goes from being super abusive and psycho to being like, ah, let me buy you some beers. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, you, you dropped a big pen into, hey, here's a 24-ounce <laughs> of fucking Coors Light. Yeah. She thought the same thing, that he had these different sides to him that didn't yeah, make like sense. Yeah, like Jekyll and Hyde. Because he's a staff sergeant in the Army, but he was also a musician. He could play pretty much any instrument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would go around to clubs and perform. Oh, so he's like kind of like the jaded performer that never really made it, but takes out on his family. Why exactly. Not? But needs to make a living, so he's stuck with the military. And that's another reason why Lisa probably looked up to him, because music was in her blood. Yeah. And from a very young age, she just had the bug. She could play the piano by age four. and Age four? Yeah. One time they came home from seeing the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, she was playing that theme. Just by ear? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But also seeing Close Encounters at four years old. Yeah. And then playing the piano after that. My kid did that. I'd like shoot him. Yeah, I'd be scared scared shitless. (laughs) Like they were possessed or something. (laughs) As Lisa got older, Ronald Sr. would force her to enter local talent shows. Oh. Forcing. But she loved it too. I mean, he, he's also at this point probably one of those people that his career didn't work out. So he's going to force his kid, you know, into doing mm-hmm. it, whether they like it or it's not. The curse of the stage mom. I'm going to live through you. Yeah. We talked yeah. about this diver wimpy kid. Mm-hmm. Not that scenario, even though, even though Alejandro. <laughs> as much as Alejandro wanted <laughs> yeah. it to be. <laughs> but, but like the Culkin family and like yeah. there's countless other families like that. Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Good example. John Bonet Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> Future episode. Yeah. Yep. And at these talent shows, Lisa would rap, dance, model, whatever. She was a performer. But by 1988, even Lisa had had enough. She followed a boyfriend to Atlanta at age 17. Ooh. Atlanta's hopping at this time. What they call the Motown of the South. Yeah. In 1990, she meets Tian Watkins, and the two become fast friends. They formed a group called Second Nature after answering a casting call from Crystal Jones, a singer who was looking for two women to join her musical trio. I have a clip from the Lifetime movie called (laughs) Crazy Sexy Cool. Oh, my God. This is Tian introducing Lisa to this Crystal girl on the street. This is like Brian Jones meeting up with Mick Jagger and uh, Keith Richards. All right, folks, put the money in the hat and promise you'll be right back. And she's a busker. All right, they're busking. Yeah. See y'all. What else, girl? This is Crystal. I was telling you about. Hey, Crystal. Nice to meet you. You too. I like your rhymes. You got flavor, girl. I know it because I'm about to blow up. I got my whole setup. Yeah, she'll be perfect for the group. Girl, tell me something that I don't know. You think they talked like that? <laughs> she comes on strong. Life. Yeah, she's like. Dang, like some of the last time you wait. Too damn long, girl. Now they're at Tian's house. Oh, I feel you on that. 
I used to be me and my moms eating watermelon and popcorn for dinner. Listen to this exposition. Because that's all we could scrape together. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I heard you came down from Philly with $100 and a keyboard and just posted up. Like, <laughs> Believe that. I had to get out of there. It's hectic back home. You know, my family is crazy. <laughs> that's very convenient. That's you find yeah. out a lot of info yeah. during this dinner. <laughs> I thought they were going to start breaking out into song like, man, what about your friend sometimes, though? What about you? And then they, oh, they go yeah. into the song that they're going to work on. <laughs> Hell, girl, I ain't too proud to beg. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say that again. She goes to the piano. It cuts to them like on MTV. Yeah. <laughs> you moved from Philly, but what about your friends? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tired of these waterfalls. That's what I'm saying. Wait, wait, wait. What was that last thing you said? Tired? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get the guitar. Yeah, I'm going to go to my harmonica. Oh, that's not the right instrument. They eventually caught the attention of Perry Pebbles Reed, a singer and producer who was then married to L.A. Reed, head of La Face Records. Yeah. L.A. Reed, as far as record producers, he is. He was well known in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, He was like the guy. So they changed the name of Second Nature to TLC based on their names Tian. Lisa and Crystal. Oh, okay. But ironically, Crystal was fired from the group and replaced with a dancer named Rosanda Thomas. And to keep with the acronym, they all came up with nicknames. Do you like T Boz? <laughs> you know it. Yeah. <laughs> Tian became T Boz, Boz meaning boss, and she represented the funk. Yeah. And then there's Left Eye, Lisa, and she's the rapper. The dancer they just hired, Rosanda, she's chilly because she's hot and she's straight up R&B. This sounds like uh, when Uben Thurman in Pulp Fiction is talking about the Fox Force 5. She's <laughs> <laughs> going into the characters like Fox because we're Foxy and Five because yeah. there's five of us. It's definitely like a Tarantino scene it I'm does, doing right yeah, now. Yeah. Is she chilly? Because she's hot. <laughs> yeah, the way you accentuate that. Yeah. <laughs> or you're like the producer in the movie though, like trying to like pitch them to oh, rough yeah. face. <laughs> They think I'm a lunatic. Yeah, they fire you, Yeah, <laughs> but they still get signed. <laughs> and I bet you two would like to hear the lore of the nickname Left Eye. I'd Ooh. love to. Let's hear it. There are several different versions. Number one, a boyfriend, possibly Mike Bivens from New Edition. <laughs> and to- Belle Biv Tavoe, too, right? Mm-hmm. I that, know a lot of uh, 90s yes. R&B stuff. That I sounds Biv and Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> I'm going to be like the Alejandro film uh, facts, yeah. but for this stuff. That sounds very correct, though. Yeah, yeah. Bivens is the Biv. Hey, <laughs> the Biv. Hey, give him, get him to the Biv. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Biv. The Bivster. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a, like a failed sitcom in 1992 <laughs> after Fresh Prince, like get him to the Biv or something. So, <laughs> Biv told Lisa that her left eye was larger and more attractive than her right eye. That's hilarious. (laughs) That's one theory. Number two, in the early days, Lisa would often perform with a condom covering the left lens of her glasses to promote safe sex. That was always their big thing. The condoms were everywhere. Yeah. They They probably had a huge, like advertiser behind them like trojan sponsored them or something they could have probably and it wasn't just them like caring about safe (laughs) sex well after the 80s my god yeah yeah, come on people aids everywhere hey 
What? I wasn't Couldn't saying swing that. a dead cat without hitting some AIDS. <laughs> I prefer to be subtle here. <laughs> we were doing the backstroke in AIDS back then. Okay, and the third one, Lisa once told MTV, it's because I is always right. Chew on that. She said chew on that too, or are you telling us to chew on I'm that? telling you to chew on that. <laughs> I'm not sure it makes sense to me. No. I is always right. Yeah, I is always so right. Left so left eye. Left eye. Left, left right. eye. Oh, that means literally maybe when it's written out, the word I is always to the right of left. Wow. This is like an Indiana Jones like hieroglyphics thing we're trying to figure out. I'm not out high out. enough for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The day that TLC signed with LaFace Records, Lisa found out her dad, Ronald, was shot and killed during an argument with his cousin. What? His That's like, cousin a, like a Marvin Gaye situation, yeah. kind of. The cousin shot him. Wow. Well, it seemed like the dad had like a very strong head and he had like, you know, he, he had a couple of beers maybe and had a heated conversation with his cousin. How about a case of beers? Yeah, it was probably like a thousand beers. Lisa took it very hard while others in the family were actually relieved. Yeah. Could be one of those guys like, oh, you know, this is too bad at the funeral that everyone like giving each other the wink. Like, thank God this guy's out of our hair. Yeah. <laughs> so where are we eating? Yeah. 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 We got to yeah. eat. Bill Burr has a great joke about being the angry guy that nobody likes that dies. It's like <laughs> yeah. People are struggling to find something good to say about your, your eulogy. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, guy paid his bills on time. Uh, <laughs> the only thing people could say. Yeah. And usually they don't even pay their bills on time. Yeah, no yeah. shit. <laughs> and that's the day that she signed with the record label. Wow. That's crazy. Hey. Wow. A lot of good and good, better things going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say bad or indifferent, but it seems like just good. Sister Raindrop thinks that Ronald needed to die in order for Lisa to thrive. She fully believes that he would have been a pain in the ass to deal with and would have held Lisa back from pursuing her dreams. And even if he didn't, when she actually really, really made it and became a millionaire, you think, how quickly do you think he would like show up in Atlanta being like, oh, could I get some money? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. You yeah, owe me. Show up with a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A suitcase full of beer. Yeah. I, be... gave you, I gave you that record once uh, <laughs> 20 years ago. There'd be multiple mansion burnings. Yeah. In the yeah. <laughs> I gave you that Sly Stallone D you know, DVD or whatever. Whatever you gave No DVDs yet. <laughs> I know, I know. I was going to say a track for some reason. I said DVD by mistake. <laughs> that beta tape. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So TLC rose quickly in the thriving Atlanta music scene. Their first album, ooh, on the TLC tip, <laughs> was released in February 1992. And it proved to be a very exciting debut. And it blurred genres. Because remember, we got the funk meets rap meets R&B. I want to know how many times you were rehearsing the, saying the names of these albums. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that was the first. The TLC <laughs> How'd I do? That was the first. Fantastic. I, I think it was awesome. In my head, I said it a couple of times, but Man. not out loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would feel a little weird by you, myself. You sold it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver, but he's saying <laughs> yeah. the, the titles of TLC's albums. Instead of you talking to me, it's, ooh. Are you crazy, sexy, and cool? Me? <laughs> Can you guys say it? 
any better? <laughs> That's no. Right. Okay. no. That's right. You were complimenting me. I thought it was great. It was a compliment. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You Pacino, got to learn how to... <laughs> Ooh! Ooh! Oh! On the TLC tip! On the TLC tip! <laughs> we're going to need a bigger tip! Oh, yeah! Okay! Okay! We got, a, we got an album here! <laughs> the album sold 4 million copies. First album, four million copies is crazy. Yeah. And their first smash single, first video, hit the ground running, announced their arrival, was called Ain't Too Proud to Bag. Right? Ain't too proud and I say we hear a little snippet of it. Let's fucking do it. Dude. Are we going to get uh, in some trouble here for this? Kyle can stop it whenever he wants. This was yeah. like my time would have like like Catholic church dances. This was like all this was all over the place. I love early nineties. It was the best, yeah. yeah. It really so there's nothing like it. Yeah. This is a party, you know? It was the energy was amazing. Yeah. You know, no one's like, you know, second guessing themselves. Very confident and fun. Bright colors, sports themes. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Oversized glasses. Yeah. <laughs> oversized pants, hats. Yeah. Oversized everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dumb hats that are bad. <laughs> Somehow hats are baggy back then. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's ain't too proud to bag. That's so how good. I dress. Everything going on there is how I was in like eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And now we're continuing the countdown. Yeah. This time it I it was represented by like a lot of cool colors, like mm-hmm. yellow was was back and like Atlanta. It's like, you know, what Seattle did for grunge, uh, Atlanta in the early 90s did for like good R&B and like hip hop. Oh, yeah. Stuff. I'm not sure where I'd rather be at this time. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be there than Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, than in Seattle. Or Los Angeles. Or Los Angeles, yeah. <laughs> With Polly Shore running the town. Yeah. The we so. <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa was wild and unpredictable from the get-go. She would become a different person when she drank. She adopted an alter ego of sorts named Nikki. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> Lisa would blame things she did when she was blackout drunk on Nikki. Yeah, it was Nikki. And then she <laughs> created a third personality named Nina, who she called her evil twin. And Nina would have to sort through the mess that Nikki and Lisa both created. Do we have like a Roseanne Barr, you know, multiple personality thing going on we here? We do. Oh, boy. That's never good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she maybe right. she took a piece out of her dad's book, maybe. What was her? Celestia was Anne Yeah, Hayes. Celestia. Celestia yeah. Jeez. From another planet with an alien language. Yeah. She likes to go to wig shops and then drive around very <laughs> <Jesus>. fast. <laughs> her life is becoming a little chaotic. So what does she do? She starts dating Andre Bad Moon Rising. Mm. Is that what they called him? Yeah. He was a little the, clearance. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Creedence Clearwater Revival. I get it. Yeah. But I wouldn't see Andre Risen being a, a huge CCR fan. Well, it doesn't matter because Bad Moon, you have to put something with Risen and it worked with Bad Moon. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a Atlanta Falcons uh, wide receiver. Or was what? he a cornerback? No, receiver. Receiver. receiver yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this was the year that uh, Brett Favre got drafted to the Falcons, his rookie year. You're oh, right. did he? And it did was he? a horrible hodgepodge of fucking bad people on that team. It's funny how it turned out he was the biggest scumbag on that team. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. I still robbing don't know. from the poor His... to give to the to the assholes. I <laughs> have not delved fully into the Brett Favre story. Okay, as of that's late. another. Oh, sorry, I don't want to get ahead of anything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I know Kyle loves him. Yes. Yeah. We will a lot of people will hear about that entire Falcons team very soon. Okay. Yeah. A little bit about Andre Risen. He was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. Oh God. And his dad was a Vietnam vet and came back severely affected. He died of a brain hemorrhage soon after. And then a few years later, just as Andre was becoming cool with his new stepdad, his stepdad was murdered. Oh, my Jeez. God. In Flint, Michigan? Yeah. Where was Michael Moore? Where was, uh, where was Roger and me? Yeah. This yeah. was before Roger and me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before Michael Moore could say <laughs> Yeah, yeah but before people were selling cats for food or something. Yeah. <laughs> on Roger and me. He became the man of the house and turned his attention to football, set his goals, and yes, he became a receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Fate brought him and Lisa to the same club somewhere in 1992. And they actually would later bond over their families. Dead dads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Military like, like guys. Veteran. Trauma. You know, he's got two dead dads. Yeah, Take that's that, a Lisa. Lot. You only yeah. got one. I'll call your one dead dad and I'll raise you one. <laughs> and I'll rise in you one. Andre, dead dad rising. <laughs> Here we go. Bad moon. He, Kong, it was Kong. there the whole time. Do we have a sound effect. <laughs> Bad joke. Yeah. No, it was good. Bad joke rising. <laughs> right now. The bad joke rising. And more to come. Yeah. <laughs> so at this club, Andre followed Lisa around and eventually. Kind of creepy. They said, what's up? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And she went back to his million dollar mansion and noticed that he had no furniture. When she asked him why, he said it's because he was waiting for her to furnish it. Oh, wow, God. what a what a romantic. <laughs> what a hopeless romantic. She was hooked at that point yeah. and became consumed by the relationship. Is she making a lot of dough at this time? I wonder. Like No. No, the, like the record like on your first record tr contract, I'm sure they got fucked. They got fucked for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Yeah. And I will get to that. Okay, fair enough. Andre was jealous and possessive, but yet he cheated on her. One day Lisa came home and noticed his car in the driveway but no sign of him in the main part of the house or in their bedroom. She found him buck naked in the guest bedroom and then started searching around until she found a girl hiding in the closet clad in a pink jacket and stockings. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Busted. Red-handed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> red-ass, red-handed. Yeah. Pink-jacketed. I can picture Ra Andre like, don't go down there. <laughs> don't open that. Don't open that door, that closet. <laughs> yeah. So they had a pretty volatile relationship. Each wanted to control the other. For instance, Lisa had a tattoo on her foot, and it was of the moon, a character of the moon playing the piano. And it was the McDonald's moon face guy? Something like that. <laughs> it was apparently a tribute to him. And so he said, look, when people are over at the house, you got to wear socks. I don't want them seeing that. Really? Yeah. And then she told him, all right, fine. But when girls are over, you have got to wear a shirt. Because he liked to be shirtless. Yeah. Because you know? like, he's in the NFL. And like flirt with girls yeah. and stuff that are friends and shit, probably. Yeah. That's hilarious. So yeah. they, you know, they each had their little... I mean, I, I'm with him on this one, though. Like, put your so It's like having a tattoo with a Hamburglar on your foot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, <Okay>. Kyle, <laughs> Team Andre here. And what about the shirt thing? 
Yeah, I mean, that's well, annoying. Well, also, when someone's though, not wearing a it's shirt. dumb for him because girls are gonna want him anyway, whether he has the shirt on or not. Uh, well, Kyle's gushing over this guy. He yeah. really is Team Andre. You're missing the fact that he probably just <laughs> liked being shirtless. No, he wanted the attention. From Both, shirtless. though. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can't relate. Of when course. When you have company <laughs> over, call me old fashioned, but you probably put a shirt on. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. remember Mike Brady just uh, sitting out with the, the shirt off in the, the Brady Bunch. Not on TV. Not on TV. But yeah. maybe in his personal Who knows life. what he was doing, yeah. On the <laughs> if late you know night. anything yeah. about that actor. <laughs> he was deep in WeHo doing who God knows what. Not practicing safe sex. Obviously not. Speaking of, you know. Yeah. He died before Lisa could educate him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Andre Risen's family was not fond of Lisa. So there was a lot of fighting between her and his sister, his yeah. mom. On September 2nd, 1993, Andre Risen was charged with assaulting Lisa at a Kroger supermarket. The charges were later dropped. And then on September 15th, 1993, less than two weeks later, Lisa was arrested for fighting with police at the Georgia Dome Stadium. She was fined 200 bucks and ordered to do community service and then enter an alcohol treatment program. Damn. They're just drunkenly going at each other all the time anywhere. Yeah, this is not going to end well. (laughs) All right, that brings us to the first fire. Oh, one of many fires. Okay. Fire number one. After one fight. Lisa threw a bunch of teddy bears that she had bought for Andre into his bathtub. Well, their bathtub. Yeah. And lit them on fire. I remember this happening. It was like a big (laughs) Kurt Loader breaking into like, you know, some bad music video, like, you know, to to tell the, the breaking news of this happening. Not yet. Yeah. This fire was successfully contained. Self contained. By them? In the bathtub. Because the bathtub was made of marble. Oh, so okay. just the teddy bears suffered in this incident. Oh, I thought I thought that was it for for the one that everyone knew about, but maybe not. Okay, well that brings us to the second fire, fire, <laughs> fire number two <laughs> on June 9th. fire in the hole, nineteen ninety four. Lisa was sick and tired of all of Andre's playing around, so she decided to have a girls' night out, and she was going to come home really late to make him jealous. Yeah. So she got back with her entourage at 5 a.m. Damn. But then, as luck would have it, Andre's car was not in the driveway. (laughs) And he ended up coming home shortly after she did. That's such a power move. Yeah. (laughs) It couldn't have been planned better for him. Or worse, depending on (laughs) your perspective. It's like the person that tries to go really late to the party because they're cool, but then someone else comes after them. (laughs) And so then when he got out of the car, they shared dirty looks. And Lisa gave him one of those looks like, oof. You're about to get it. She gave him the left eye. Yeah. And they, you know, the usual, they're like hitting each other. They take it into the house. They started screaming and fighting in the bedroom. He pinned her down to stop her. Then he would go and ball up in the corner and let her hit him. A guy like that, he's like a big football player. He can't go full force and like no. you know have a real fight. It's like it's a very volatile situation. Lisa is on record saying he never full out punched her. Good. You know, I'm not excusing his actions, yeah. but for what it's worth. So Lisa, she's wasted, eventually passes out. And then when she wakes up, she looks at herself in the mirror and notices a huge bruise on her lips. And now she's more enraged than ever. 
So she goes to his closet. She sees all these new tennis shoes of his, none of them in her size. Like, why didn't he buy me a pair of these? <laughs> so then these shoes I don't need right now. Yeah, they're all stacked up. So then she took them to the new fiberglass bathtub. Okay. That replaced the other one and grabs lighter fluid and starts a fire with the intention of destroying his shoes only. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have a clip. I came and it was like, boom. Oh, wow. You know, the exorcist. <laughs> that was Andre Ryzen. <laughs> yeah, Man, I didn't woman, like, just throwing him in there. Just like, Lisa left eye here. Yep, you're gonna burn. She's crazy, man. And sexy and cool. When Andre yeah. got the tub replaced, Lisa assumed it was replaced with marble. This is raindrop. The sister it looks Flames so similar. Oh, the so the the tub before was was Y'all stone. I didn't know it was replaced. Yeah. I thought it was just another bathroom. Just no, smoke. just rolling, just rolling. Instead of you know the flames getting smaller, literally they just like went up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Then I'm just like looking at her, looking at the flames, looking <laughs> at her, looking at the flames, and it was just like the burning bed. Looking at her, looking at the flames, and at that looking point, at her. I'm just like. Okay, we gotta go. It came true. <laughs> I like how this girl is so passive. Like, uh, the flames are coming at her. She's like, what are we gonna do here? <laughs> yeah, run out of the house. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's the sister, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Did you hear that reference to the burning bed? Yes. So, did come back yeah. in some ways. This is why she's been doing what she's doing. Yeah. Deep seated. Is she comparing her dad to Andre Ryzen? He doesn't seem like he's even close to as bad. No. As her dad was. No, but I think just that. The burning bed thing. Yeah, like Farrah ne- Far- her- Fawcett did. <laughs> What's that? His dad never cheated on her. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say there. You Maybe said they- the dad. <laughs> what, the Andre's not as bad as the dad. No. Well, the, the what dad- is this? The Mackenzie Phillips <laughs> story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the dad being aggressive and violent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But maybe the dad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa also vandalized three of Andre's vehicles out front. That same day or night or morning? Same morning. This yeah, is, remember, morning, yeah. after 5 a.m. 6 a.m. And we're not talking Chevys. We're talking Mercedes. He's got high-end yeah. cars. Yeah, he seems like he spent a lot of his money. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you should see his house now, actually. It looked very modest. Oh, yeah. That clip was from a show called Hopelessly in Love. Oh, okay. So they were interviewing all the people involved, like Andre's mom and yeah. her sister. All He's that. in like a slab ranch now somewhere. No, just a modest suburban house, and he coaches high school football. Oh, good for him. Yeah. You sounded very moved. Well, he's giving back to the community, you know. Things turn around for some people. Firefighters arrived at 6.49 a.m. By this point, Lisa has fled the scene, and she surrendered to police the next day. So this made headlines. Yeah, it's huge. Huge news. This is the one where Kurt Loder- Yeah, breaking news. Yeah. He broke into like a Bush, you know, music video, <laughs> yeah. machine head or something. Sorry to interrupt Beavis and Butthead, Kurt Loder but here. we have breaking yeah. news. I'm going to I'm gonna bring it to bring in Ke- Tabitha Soren here. Yeah. We're going to talk about Lisa Left Eye burning Andre Ryzen's house down. And then we're going to go back to, you know, more Bush after yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> the media made Lisa out to be crazy and that Andre was the victim because it was being reported that she was seen just hitting him outside. But her side is that she was the victim. Yeah. News organizations had fun with the whole TLC name. They would say things like, 
what she is accused of doing yesterday is far from tender love and care. Oh. <laughs> that, that sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> they all had their puns ready yeah. for yeah. this story. They yeah. all have a big smirk. Just and that's, satisfied. One of, that's one of many that <laughs> reporting on this story. I'm talking newspapers, TV. God. Well, they get like 22-year-old college grads writing this copy, this bullshit that yeah. they're going to say. So, you know, I'm not surprised it's that hack. Right. Andre told the press the next day that he still loved her and he even bailed her out of jail. What was the bail? I wonder if it was like a million bucks. No, it was higher but reduced to 75,000. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's his, you know, it's contained mm-hmm. into their property. Fortunately, it didn't go over and like burn the neighbor's right. house down and catch, you know, they're far enough houses away that it didn't do that. It did burn to the ground though. Oh my God. And the judge was not sympathetic because of the point you just brought up. Yeah. For the very fact that, yes, people could have been hurt. But if it was drier and there was some wind catching, you know, it could have got oh, into yeah. like the woods or something. Horrible. How many people get lucky when they do stuff like this that no one else is hurt? Someone could have easily been hurt. Someone could have still been in the house, passed out drunk. If he did that. Yeah, one of his girlfriends in a closet, just wearing a pink (laughs) jacket. Yeah, they find a skeleton. (laughs) We found some skeleton with a pink jacket. Well, yeah, what if he's got like girls stashed in the walls and stuff, and there's like like multiple skeletons. We found a large pile of ashes and leather stockings. Yeah. (laughs) You know anything about this? (laughs) So... The judge sentenced Lisa to five years probation and three months at a diversion center, as well as a $10,000 fine. The relationship between Andre and Lisa would continue on and off for seven years, ending in 2001. Lisa stood by his side after Andre was traded to the Packers in November 1996. And Andre would go on to play in the Super Bowl that year. Oh, uh, he loved bringing this up. And he scored the first points of the game with a 50-yard touchdown pass from Brett Favre. Oh, scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa, what the fuck is Brett Favre doing here? This was in New Orleans, the Super Bowl, 1997. Jambalaya. Patriots. Yeah. yeah, they whipped the pants off of the Patriots. God. And Lisa was there. She was kind of secretly hanging back, supporting him at the Ooh. Super Bowl. And Andre gave her his Super Bowl ring. So he like loved her more than she loved him, I feel no, like. No, but she also went on to give him one of her Grammys. Oh, okay. So they always had that tit for tat thing. Did he burn her house down too? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> that would be a good tit for tat. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's the Andre Risen and Lisa chapter. chapter. Saga. Yeah. <laughs> and now that brings us back to TLC. Mid-90s to 2000. In November 1994, their second album, Crazy Sexy Cool, is released. The big one. And it sold 11 million copies. Whoa. Lisa believed that the fire incident helped generate heat Hello. for the new album. Nice. Oh, that absolutely yeah, did. Yeah. The, the group appeared on the cover of Vibe magazine in fireman gear. 
Nice. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely helped. Wow. That PR team is like, let's push the fire into (laughs) it. It's true, though. I'm not sure it would have been as huge without all that press. Yeah. True. But it might have squeaked out another two million records out of what was already going to be a huge album. Because it it was hit after hit after hit on that. Yeah. It was great. I don't know how much they actually did their own writing, but those songs are like so catchy and amazing. And I'm sure a lot of it is, you know, Babyface and a lot of these guys. I think Jermaine Dupree was yep. like was involved in this. So there was a lot of great people behind the scenes that were helping create th- this great album. A lot of great chefs in the kitchen. A lot of great yeah. chefs in the kitchen. Waterfalls became their signature tune. It spent seven weeks at number one. On the way to the recording session from her group therapy, Lisa saw a rainbow in the sky and was inspired. Like, look at this beautiful city that I'm living in. Yeah. All the lyrics from her rap in that song were about what she was going through at the time and the stories that she was hearing from other addicts in group therapy. The video, you know, you remember it. It's iconic. I remember that kid, like the young kid that got shot. To death yeah, it was like a drug allegory. Yeah, yeah. And... With the price tag of $1 million. They, they don't spend anywhere close to that on music videos these days. It was one of the most expensive music videos ever made. At yeah, that time. Because they turned them into like water and puddles and stuff. Yep. And would, like, yeah, the effects. Out. There's yeah. Like, yeah, there's like George Lucas effects. But even it. back then, the effects weren't that good. <laughs> Looking at it now, yeah, it looks like kind of the mummy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was kind of like Terminator 2 meets TLC. Yeah. Yeah, Terminator 2 with the water effect with the... Uh, Maybe not quite as advanced as James Cameron, but yeah. (laughs) And Kyle, do you want to hear a little of that? Let's do it. And they were standing on the water. Yeah. I guess that was expensive to do. They do the same effect at the end of Popeye, remember? I do not. Okay. <laughs> no more lonely cries. Right. So that's her rap. Keeps them in the pouring rain. Yeah, I'm, I'm, great song, great album, and, and I'm glad they made all the money that they should have on this uh, album. Not quite. Okay. Oh <laughs> they go on to sing. Don't go chase. Here we go. Let's give them the hook. Give them the hook. Here we go. So good. Don't the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. There's a woman holding groceries now. Yeah. In the video. Yeah, yeah. With, with the ghost of her son trying to hug her. She's at Kroger. It's one of the saddest music oh, videos. It's yeah. powerful. Yeah. The treatment center that Lisa was at was very militaristic, and it reminded her of her dad. Uh-oh. So in some ways, it felt like home. <laughs> and you know how in treatment, you have to say, hi, I'm Lisa. I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Well, she refused to say that. I'm Nina. Instead, she introduced herself as a Gemini and recording artist. Oh, that's when you know a girl's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, well, she was the crazy and crazy sexy cool. That's true, yeah. T-Boz was cool, and then Chili was sexy. Also, when people get too into the Zodiac stuff, it gets a little yeah. kooky. She got very into it. Yeah. And numerology. That's oh, not boy. good. Where if it's the, <laughs> if it's the 16th. That's no good. You know, like if it's the 16th today. Yeah. One plus six equals seven. And that means a new opportunity will be coming tomorrow. Oh, That's boy. how people justify like 
being horrible to people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was in the, you know, that's a Jupiter is in retrograde or yeah. something. Yeah. Lisa met a struggling mother while in rehab and offered to help raise her child, whose name was Snow. And she eventually adopted her legally. So that's nice. Sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> I expected a little more of a Did you want reaction, an applause? But... Yeah. That's great. I, yeah. I am uh, I'm applause. on board with that. <laughs> I think the soundboard is spoken. Spoken. Moving on. It's numerology was meant to happen. Yeah. Yeah, numerology, that's how like uh, people justify like that's why I spit in this McDonald worker's face because, you know, yeah. because the numbers in the world were telling me to. Right. I was off that day because I'm a Gemini. Yeah. Seventeenth. Yeah. Saturn was uh yeah. was was somewhere. Saturn was above us <laughs> yeah. or something. For me being successful and having money uh, doesn't necessarily equate to the fact that you should take someone in just because you can. She's already been like a violent person that's burnt down a house and now this poor girl has an addict as a mother and she's, you know, in recovery as well and is like, oh, I'll take your kid. Let's go. She should not have a kid. No. No. And I don't really know what happened to Snow. Oh, really? I didn't follow (laughs) up. So anyone listening, if you can tell us. Snow, are you listening? Yeah. Yeah. I assume very well. I hope so. We'll see. I wish her all the best. Yes. Hopefully she didn't melt. Yeah. I hope she's doing well for a Taurus. (laughs) 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 Whose birthday is one plus eight. The signs of the red moon. In July 1995, TLC shocked the music industry by filing for bankruptcy. Wait, the band filed for bankruptcy? What? Go to the next clip. Lisa is about to tell you all about it. There are 100 points on the album. TLC had seven. Every point is equal to eight cents. All right? Seven times eight, 56 cents. That means every time an album gets sold, TLC gets 56 cents. So 10 million records, $5.6 million. Seems like a lot of money. Well, it's not a lot of money when the record company has spent $3 million to record your album. And in the record business, we pay all costs back to the record company. We pay recording costs, video costs. So now we have $2.6 million left. Well, guess what? When you have that much money, you're in about the 47, 48.49% tax bracket. So that immediately gets deducted to $1.3 million. Then you split the rest three ways. You got about $300,000 a piece, if that much. Okay, $300,000. I can buy a nice house with that. And what am I going to pay my bills with? Andre Risen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like it goes quick. Yeah. That's a staggering amount of money to pay for the recording. I want to know like the details of exactly where each dollar of that is going. And that they had one of the most expensive music videos of all time. And apparently had to pay for that out of pocket. Well, that's how they get you. You know, they, they front money and then they charge it to you later and they, they control all the publishing and all the, you know, where the money is coming from for the sales of the CDs. Mm-hmm. So they, they take out their part before they give you shit. It's, it's so fucked. Yeah. But the good news is by late 1996, they ended up settling all the claims with creditors. Good. And got out of the hole. So they, they're probably smart. They, with 
being allowed to file chapter 11, you're able to negotiate what, mm-hmm. you're, what you're what you're able to pay. And they're like, we'll pay you what we feel like, you know, right. like and it was probably way less than originally what they charge. Pebbles later accused them of hiding assets and making a bigger deal out of the bankruptcy than it needed to be. Wow. I mean, that's bullshit. Fuck that. I know. I totally side with TLC. Yeah, of course. They are in a more vulnerable situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as like a a younger band, whereas this L.A. Reed guy, they know how to like fuck these artists. So I... I tr- I believe uh, TLC way more than them. You hear this story over and over in yeah. the boy band con, the movie that Lance Bass made. Yeah, about Lou Pearlman. They got nothing at first from InSync, and they had the biggest album in the yeah. world. Wow! And they they got like a per diem from touring. <laughs> like they got right. like nothing, nothing. And they have no ownership in publishing or any of that nothing. stuff. They're just like that guy on the Facebook that gets like his part of Facebook just like whittled down to nothing. They're uh, like that, that Andrew guy. Garfield, Andrew character? Garfield yeah. character. Yeah, they're just like the, and Eduardo Saverin. By the time you realize it, it's it's like way too late, and it's like, oh, I just gotta create more in you know make a better record deal next time. It comes down to what are you worth, and are you getting compensated for that? Well, when you're a new artist, you know you like. You know, should I be getting paid for what I'm doing anyway because I'm having fun? And then um, it takes a little time to to figure out your own value and and to show that these people could like same thing with Taylor Swift, like mm-hmm. with that guy, um, that piece of shit that she just had that issue with. Oh right, Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun. Yeah, yeah she re-recorded all her own masters. That's great because now they're new masters, and I didn't know you could actually do that. I didn't either. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, she wasn't about to give him another penny. Yeah. No, I, I, it seems like everyone hates that guy except for Justin Bieber. Bieber likes him because he was Bieber's manager since the beginning, or uh, okay. producer, whatever you want. Bieber sticking it. with him. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay, so. Lisa is starting to get antsy. She kind of wants to go off and do her own thing. Like solo project. Yeah, because even with Crazy Sexy Cool, she wasn't that involved with having a say on the album because she was dealing with all the fire stuff. (laughs) For lack of a better (laughs) word. tied up in the fire stuff, yeah. Yeah. In 1997, she started Left Eye Productions with the sister label Wish Records. And she mentored a couple of girl groups, including Black, which was successful. B-L-A-C-Q-U-E. Did they have any big hits I would remember? I can't think of anything. But I do know that I've heard of them and that they were, you know, they were like, a, I don't know, like vitamin C yeah. or 18. So, so now that <laughs> like one of those bat or girl groups that was just there. Now that Left Eye has her own footprint in the industry, yeah. she's going to now, this is her time to make some big money. Yeah. But also she wanted to mentor younger artists. Okay. To teach them what, you know, what she wished she had. Known. Yeah. Not get screwed like her. Yeah. This is black. I remember this song. And people would compare them to TLC. Yeah. But Lisa didn't care. She's like, great. But there were a lot of ripoffs. It was like SWV. That was a big one. That was kind of a ripoff. Although that was, they rose at the same time in Atlanta. Yeah. But I think SWV came out after. I, I, both were great. They're considered pretty much the same time as TLC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was a bunch around that time. Uh, 
obviously the one they get compared to sometimes is salt and pepper. Right. But I think salt and pepper came out maybe a little bit before. Same with that safe sex stuff. They, yeah, they, Salt Pepper was on that train about too. Sex, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The '80s were really rough. Let's just remember that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what brought all those. We're safe coming sex out lines. of uh, you know Reagan and Bush and all that bullshit, Oof. and uh, people don't realize this. There was like a rejuvenation in 1992 after Bill Clinton came into power. People right. were like you know the economy's starting to bounce back. You know the housing crisis is over. Yep. Of that time, you know things were like better. There was yeah. hope. Like, there was hope. You know, it was coming out in the music and stuff, and people were feeling better, even though, you know, it was, in the long term, not good. (laughs) (laughs) It was all about to crash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it seemed like a good time. 1999. Uh Uh-oh, a lot of stuff going on in 99. TLC's Mm. third album, Fan Mail, is released. Sold six million copies. And the main single, No Scrubs, Spent four weeks at number one. That was a big one. Kyle, can we hear a little of that? Hit it! I don't want no scrubs. Want no scrubs. Scrubs that can't get no love from me. Hanging off the passenger side. Best friend's ride. <laughs> the way she says it. Passenger. <laughs> yeah. Scrubs get no love from me. And the aesthetic of this music video, which is very futuristic and Asian flavored, that was Lisa's idea. Really? Yeah. I mean, there were so many 90s videos that look like this. It's like Busta Rhymes. This That's is true. like Missy Elliott. <laughs> yeah. This Maybe she like, copied everybody else. I, it, yeah. It's Bjork just comes to mind. Very sign of the times. This yeah. Music true. Video, yeah. A lot of, was that Hype Williams as director? <laughs> yeah. He was, I a, don't know. he was a big music video director of the Yeah. Movies, right. You know. I guess I was giving Lisa too much credit there for <laughs> yeah. that idea. She came up with this entire concept or the <laughs> right. aesthetic. Yeah. She's like, I have an idea. Fish eye lens, you go right up to the camera. Yeah. You start rapping. <laughs> yeah, that's Buster Rhymes. Missy Elliott. Yeah, Missy Elliott too. TLC supported the album with a world tour in 2000. So now they're really making money. They have a new financial manager. New deal? New deal. So this is where they make money finally. This is like, this is the payday right now. Yeah. And, nice. you know, who knew? Like, t- no scrubs? Like, that usually was... you don't hit again that huge. Yeah. No you know, scrubs maybe was, there's... was fucking unstoppable. Unstoppable. Be, yeah. Everywhere. It's crazy they go from 11 million copies to 6 million copies and make more money than they ever have yep. in their entire yeah. career. I know. I was kind of a fan. Cut in half. Too bad they didn't figure it out in 1992. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you get fucked on your first couple of deals. You assume that, you know, you just got to take it and then keep working and stuff. I was kind of offended by no scrubs because I was kind of a scrub. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Hey, I'll tell you, I was a scrub at the time. This song ain't for me, okay? What'd I do to you? (laughs) Throughout her career, Lisa was always outspoken and controversial. She publicly called out their longtime producer, Dallas Austin, accusing him publicly of overcharging them for studio time. That's what it was. That, that's what was costing so much money. Which is insane. Well, if, if a guy's in demand like that, guy or girl in demand, you got to charge a certain amount, but they should be shopping around for other producers. He had a baby with Chili, by the way. Dallas oh, Austin. really? And so there's some of that. Baby mama drama. Conflict of interest. Totally conflict of interest. He's stashing money away for their 
their little life together. Yeah, and Chili's like, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's a great producer. I think that there's, no <laughs> else, there's no one else we can work with. <laughs> they broke up, though. Oh, okay. Uh, Lisa also spoke out against their hit single, Creep, by saying she wasn't down with the message of the song because she felt that you should be faithful to your man and not go wanting revenge. And in fact, she wanted to wear black tape over her mouth in the music video, mm. but that did not come to fruition. Wow. That's like a very Prince move. Like when he was, he went by that weird name or the, the symbol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was all that the was 90s. Ridiculous. That was one of the big things in the 90s. The yeah. artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my, I remember my dad brought that up. He's like, you know, Mark, he wrote slave on his uh, face because the uh, record company, uh, he was he felt he was a slave to. I'm like, Dad, why do you know all this? <laughs> Dad, I just want to know what's for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> TLC made an appearance on Total Request Live, Mark's favorite show. TRL. In 1999. But they did it without Lisa who refused to join them last minute. Because of the creep drama? Or what drama is No, because she's always looking for drama. Yeah. And Chili told Carson Daly that it was because of diarrhea. Oh, (laughs) that's cold-blooded. You can see the clip on YouTube. Yeah. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Lisa publicly challenged her groupmates to release a three-CD set where they would all do one of the discs Kind of like Outcast did with the Love Below and yeah. Speaker Box. That's before that came out. And then she wanted to release three singles. Each one of them would release a single at the same time and see which one hits the most. Wow. She wanted to have like a contest. See who's, see who's more popular. It's like a popularity yeah. contest of TLC. And then get this. This is the mother of all stunts that she pulled. Lisa skipped an important press conference on September 5th, 2000, without telling anybody, her bandmates, everyone. She had last been seen on August 31st with business partner Ian Burke. An immediate media frenzy erupted as she was labeled missing by the New York Post. (laughs) Lisa had ended up driving straight through California and through Mexico all the way to Honduras on a whim with her new boyfriend, Sean Newman. Wow. What? I love how the New York Post files the missing persons report. (laughs) (laughs) They care. Yeah. (laughs) And so this is one of the off periods with her and Andre, obviously. There's actually video footage of Lisa and her new boyfriend role-playing as Tarzan and Jane. In the jungle while the search was on for her. What? It's a bizarre video. They are pretending to be Tarzan and Jane. It's just like a Coke infused kind of I think of like, so. Yeah. And this is what they're doing while the rest of the country's wondering where she went. They're going like, <laughs> oh, like in the water and wear, dressed up like Tarzan. Who, who's catching them doing this? Is it like they lo- filmed local? it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw it in a documentary. This is before, like, uh, you know, Instagram Live or anything. She was into home videos filming. Wow. Yeah. The situation became very serious. Eventually, Inside Edition caught her on camera at a Courtyard Marriott in New Orleans. So friends and family finally knew that she was safe. She's all over the place. Wow. And she laughed this off later. She was like, what's better? 
me being the star and showing up at the press conference or me being the star and not showing up? Oh, my God. Yeah, she's like a diva. She's literally a diva. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bad publicity followed. The fans turned on her and Lisa decided to leave the spotlight. She appeared with TLC one more time publicly at MTV's 20th anniversary party. What year was that? Was that 99? No. That, 2000. I think, though, the anniversary party. When did MTV start? I think that would have been. 1980 or something, right? 1981. Yeah, yeah so, so that yeah, was 2001. 2001. Yeah. Lisa was obviously losing interest in TLC. So her focus turned to launching a solo career and her spiritual healing journey. Oh, God. In the jungles of Honduras or Honduras. But I'm going to say the English way for the rest of the episode. What, what <laughs> drives her? Like, what makes her want to go to Honduras? Is she of Honduras nope. descent? Does she have anything like that in her? Nope, not at all. Okay. I'll get into it right now. Go for it. She fell in love with the simple life in Sambo Creek. Oh, I thought she, she was talking about the Paris Hilton, uh, Nicole Richie show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. It's hot. <laughs> and Sambo <laughs> Creek, it, it was actually hot there. <laughs> Sambo Creek ah. is a traditional Garifuna village. Of course. On the north coast of Honduras. Goes without saying. Near the port city <laughs> saw that coming. of La Saiba. The Garifuna people, it's a it's a tribe. A tribe of African descent. Oh, I didn't know that. And the Garifuna people honor healers known as curanderos. And sure, 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 sure. One such healer was a man named Dr. Sebi, S-E-B-I, Dr. Sebi. And he had met Lisa in 1997, and she was smitten with his teachings and Uh made several trips to his home in Sambo Creek over the next few years. Dr. Sebi's regimen included yoga, mountain climbing, and martial arts. And then the diet is made up of natural foods and herbs. Yeah. No sugar, none of that crap. This sounds like somewhere like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow would go to or something. Yeah. <laughs> On goop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She'll promote it. Yeah. <laughs> They're eating goop, actually. <laughs> Dr. Sebi claimed to have a cure for AIDS. Okay. Sure. Freddie Mercury's going like, come on, dude. Yeah. yeah what the fuck? <laughs> you don't need You're holding out on me. You don't need condoms because Dr. Sebi's got the cure for it. Right. Yeah. You don't need to do that glasses gimmick anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Philosophy that Lisa adopted was, quote, you're an entity with an energy source and you're responsible for your own physical well-being, end quote. The one thing Lisa says she learned from all her years in the business is to love yourself. It all starts with you. This sounds like very self-helpy, just kind of like you know, brain damage, insanity. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, I, I mean, if it's, you if, said it. if it worked for you, it worked for you, but it, it seems like bullshit. To it me. must be nice just to be a snake oil salesman that gets a celebrity on the hook. I know. You're just like, oh, I nailed it. This it's like time. the Keith and Yeri thing with, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, Next like, it's like a similar thing, but I feel like left eye was kind of like in this guy's orbit and just like, at some point I, I think uh, he was probably like, 
I, I can't deal with She's you. She's believing this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I better keep it up. Uh, yeah. Hey, I can cure AIDS. Uh, what other bullshit can I? Yeah, think yeah, of? yeah. Um, He's just riffing at this point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> gonorrhea. That's gone too. Yeah, syphilis. Yeah. Forget yeah. about it. I can make my own Dr Pepper. It's better than the real one. <laughs> I can cure AIDS, just not right now. Just yeah, not right yeah, now. yeah. I'm, yeah. Right. I'm not feeling it right now. Yeah. I need a good rest. <laughs> and Keith Raniere couldn't get a left eye or a Tom Cruise. He could only so get, he had get that loser. C-list Smallville weirdo. Katie Mack or whatever her name is. You have to get 20 C-list actresses to equal the power of one left (laughs) eye. Yeah, some like uh, third lead uh, from the Equalizer or some bullshit show. With our powers combined. Yeah. While visiting Dr. Sebi, Lisa would live like everybody else in town, staying in a mud hut without electricity. Did she burn the mud hut down? <laughs> no, she didn't. Well, because there's no electricity. Oh, yeah. And there's probably no lighter fluid either. Yeah, you can't really burn mud. No, right. And try. I'm sure Dr. Sebi knows how to, way how to do it, though. <laughs> He's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> she, she I was can burn mud. I can, I can cure AIDS. I can do whatever I want. I just, I just did a rest before I do it, okay? <laughs> she was into, as I mentioned, numerology and astrology, using both methods to guide her to better mental health. Man, she is like so into this crap. Mm-hmm. All in. I mean, I, I think I talked about it earlier. Like, this is what this is like a, a signal, like, you know, mm-hmm. a red flag, if a you will. red flag, if you will, that did, you know, you got trouble coming. Yeah. A bad moon is rising. <laughs> yeah. A bad left eye is arising. Supernova became her first solo record, originally titled fantasy1.com. Is there a more early 2000s name for an album than yeah. that? <laughs> that sounds like like now that's music or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that's what I call Napster. <laughs> yeah. Interesting side notes. On this solo record, Tupac, who she sort of dated at one time. Really? Tupac was also friends with Andre Risen. Okay. You know, it got kind of messy. Very cold mingled and weird. Supposedly he... I'm doing air quotes here, produced one of the songs on the record. Tupac? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which what, means, after he's dead? Well. I it, knew he was releasing more music, but he's producing more music yeah. too? Take Lisa's word for it. Okay. That he supposedly wrote some of well, the Well, maybe she got his lyrics. Or, she's, she talked to him in the astrology or something. Maybe she channeled him in the, the mud hut or something. <laughs> nice Tupac <laughs> got that in, you know? Yeah. And Andre Risen. Maybe is, it was a hologram in the in the <laughs> uh, in the the production studio. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Fantasy1.com, you know? <laughs> yeah. Magic. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Tupac is like his dying words are fantasy1.com. <laughs> <laughs> She's writing it down. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, keep going. She didn't use it anyway. Oh, that's all you got. Okay, never mind. <laughs> he's like, if not supernova. Yeah. Then he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> And Andre Risen is credited with, quote, vocal arrangement and drum programming. She's got on a one of who's who on this album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A postmortem Tupac, Andre Risen. Yeah, that, I mean, that's ridiculous. This was released in Europe and Japan in late 2001. And her single called The Block Party, which is very similar sounding to Jenny from The Block. A little bit. Received mild radio play in Europe. 
but overall the album failed to ignite any momentum and had poor sales. So Arista Records canceled plans for a US release. Yeah. Nobody heard really? the songs. Nobody heard the songs over the sound of the towers falling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What happened? Bigger fish to fry <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. We're dealing with George Bush doing 9-11 here, okay? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, we, we don't have time for whatever uh, solo project she has. They're like, we even had to cancel Glitter. <laughs> I know, Glitter came out, what was it, the next day or something? Yeah. After 9-11? It caused it. It probably did, <laughs> yeah. Lisa was devastated. Not by 9-11, but by her album being canceled. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, that's rough. By 2002... She decided to return to TLC and start work on a fourth album. Wow. But first, she wanted to clear her head in the bush of Honduras, as she called it. So she's kind of, you know, going back to TLC with her tail between her legs, kind of like, sorry, guys, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to act better now mm -hmm. and I'm going to come back to the band because I need the money. Yep. As soon as I talk to Dr. Sebi. Dr. Sebi, we're gonna you know, hash this yeah, out in the mud hut, and yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, curanderos. He's gonna fix me up. So, are you with me? We are with you in Honduras in spring 2002. Okay. Uh oh. After some recent setbacks and disappointments, Lisa decides to spend a month in Sambo Creek to recharge. Months earlier, she had purchased 80 acres of land adjacent to Dr. Sebi's spa. Oh, of course. And convinced her uncle Anthony to move there in order to watch over the land. Couldn't she have bought one acre? Couldn't she have bought the village? I know. Dr. Why? Sebi was like, it's 80 or nothing. <laughs> oh, Sebi broker in this deal? Yeah. Yeah, he's like the he's, realtor. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> gets a commission. <laughs> yeah, he takes off his, like, you know, doctor hat. He puts on the, the realtor, like, uniform. He's like, I cure the AIDS and I sell mud huts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, I, I also sell the deed to this property. Yeah. He puts on the, yeah. He's a lawyer now lawyer sebi and lisa also <laughs> wanted her uncle anthony there to help her launch a youth camp called yak y-a-c youth activity center well, that's nice okay and she actually kept changing what the c stood for it, <laughs> it was like Community youth and, activity yeah. chili. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're used to playing with acronyms and, and titles yeah. and stuff and like whatever they want it to be. <laughs> like die. Like die well, hey. die, death and entertainment. That's Hello. What, but we kept that one. We kept yes. it. Yeah. There's no as is. We're not changing it. March For nobody. For nobody. <laughs> not even Dr. Sebi. <laughs> not even Dr. Sebi. Yeah. If he puts on another yeah. <laughs> he becomes a producer like he puts on his producer hat and says, Hey, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. your podcast, but I want to change the names up. <laughs> and I got 80 acres to sell you down in uh, Central America. Or 80 acres and a yak. Seven. <laughs> yeah. We're I got a yak him, to sell you. We're making him sound like a quack. Yeah. <laughs> With the yak. I got a yak. bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Hey. Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Spike Lee movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Anyway, go on. <laughs> March 30th, 2002. Lisa arrives in Honduras with friends, family, and members of Egypt, a new girl group she was mentoring. Oh, God. Made up of eight women. That's a big band. Yeah. That's like Arcade Fire. That's like Divas <laughs> Live yeah. sharing the stage, you know? Lisa wanted to share her passion 
with everybody and also spread the word of Dr. Sebi. Oh, boy. Besides that. He's, you've really got his hooks in her. Lisa was also going to be shooting a documentary. The idea was to make a film about her spiritual journey and also spotlight the Garifuna people. She'd flown in two film producers to help with the project. So there's all this footage of this trip because of that. Mm, yeah. They were filming nonstop. Lisa was also hoping to use some of the documentary footage in a music video for the girl group Egypt. So she has all kinds of Ulterior purposes for lot. this documentary. She seems very scattered. She's kind of like Kanye at this time. You know, she's like got a lot of projects mm -hmm. going on. She can't keep it all in her head. And it's like it's spilling out everywhere. And she's got a lot going on. Except instead of making shoes, she's burning shoes. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Lisa's entourage. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's entourage was to follow the health regimen and program of Dr. Sebi while they were there, much to their chagrin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I added that line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this included cleansing with herbs that tasted like crap. And there's footage of them trying to drink these herbal remedies. What are they just eating dirt or something? And they're throwing up. Oh, it's probably I'm... his poop. Yeah. You gotta That's eat... what it supposedly smelled like. Eat oh the poop God. of Dr. Sebi. And they're throwing up in it and then one girl's trying to almost actually going to finish it and they're all cheering her on like, come on, you can do it just a Chug little bit it. more. Chug, yeah. This eat is the just poop for a drink. <laughs> I think it should be easy to drink what something. What did you say? Eat the poo poo? Eat the poo poo. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> There's some guy with, with a ukulele in the background going, eat the poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> eat the poo-poo. It's like the, the Israel-Hawaii guy. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere over the poo-poo, you eat it. But he created one good song, so they're like, all right, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. you can die the, now. The rest were like crazy ramblings yeah. <laughs> and rhymes. Yeah. They're planning to be there a month, by the way, Man. to cleanse their souls. I yeah. bet you some of their entourage is like, I can't do a month of this. Yeah. And the purpose is to better yourself. Not with this shit-eating lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but fear begins to plague Lisa. During one late-night interview... She admits that she still suffers internally, and she reveals scars from when she cut herself while she was with Andre. Mm. She carved the words, I love Dre, into her arm at the diversion center with a big razor Jeez. after the fire incident. And then later on, when Andre was being mean to her, when they were hosting a barbecue one night, she went inside and carved the word hate over her previous branding. Mm. And she shows this on camera. Wow. She's got a big scar that says hate on her forearm. Jesus. It's very disturbing. But she had love of the other one. She's like. Uh, no, she wrote hate over the love part. Uh, it was kind of like Radio Rahim, though, from uh, the Spike yeah, Lee movie. But he of. had love and hate. On, on, the, on each hand. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. hate overtaking the love on the same spot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's very. You know, it's deep, yeah. negative. Yeah, you know. things are not well. It's not good. Not good. Trouble in paradise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lisa confides to her friends and family that she thinks there's a bad spirit chasing her. Oh, boy. 
And she's having premonitions that something bad is going to happen. Oh, and by the way, this is on camera. Yeah. Like, it sounds like, oh, how do you know that she was, was she really saying this? You can see her saying these things on camera so before the, they happen. This footage got all released at yeah, some point. Yeah, someone edited it into a feature documentary film called The Last Days of Left Eye. Okay. In 2007. And it's a great documentary. Oh, okay. Very entertaining and also powerful. Did you watch the whole thing? Yes. That's, I got to check it out. On April 6, 2002, her premonition came true. Lisa was driving around with her personal assistant, Stephanie Patterson, and they were in a rented SUV on an empty road one evening, and they saw a group of people crossing the road up ahead, and they drove through once everybody passed. But there was a 10-year-old boy who was lagging behind, and they didn't see him. Oh, shit. And their SUV struck him. Oh, man. And so they immediately put on the brakes and they took him in the SUV because that would be faster than calling an ambulance. And they rushed him to the hospital. The boy's name? Bayron Lopez. With an S. Z. Z, but. Oh, okay. Same last name. Jesus. So Lisa wanted to pay for everything. And even though she pulled out her credit card and said she wanted the best care money could buy, the doctors made a fatal decision to let the boy rest until morning. He went into a coma and became brain dead. Man. Bayron's mother did not blame anybody for the accident, which is very moving that she didn't want anything and didn't blame anybody and chalked it to being an accident. Yeah. So Lisa ended up paying about $3,700 in hospital and funeral expenses. In this clip from the documentary that we're about to watch, they just find out at the hospital that he's dead, and then she's picking out his casket. Lisa left eye is? Yeah. So that's them, and that's the mom. Can you tell the family that whatever they decide to do, can, um, help. Okay. Whatever choice they make, can help pay for it. Mm. The mom is just bawling, and it's I hard mean, to watch. I, I don't know if I agree with them videotaping this. And they, the van, the SUV was really dented. They just showed a shot of it. This is so disturbing. The guy's hammering a casket. And they're just buying it. Jeez. Man. I had no idea this happened. She's got a lot of stuff. I remember hearing about Lisa Left Hand. I'm like, what was she doing down there? I, I never followed up with yeah. like investigating what she was doing down there. I just knew she died down there. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, what was she, like, I thought it was like a vacation or something. This is more than a vacation. Yeah. Lisa is filmed holding a pair of the boy's shoes in grief. And she says that she's convinced that the spirit that's been haunting her killed the child by mistake. Okay. Okay. Well, she's getting into really a lot of the the real spooky things that really scare people when you're talking to them. To her brother, Ronald Jr., 
And her sister Raindrop is there, by the way, too. She oh, she's trip. part of this entourage. Yes, she brought family, friends, Egypt, the group, some documentary people, her assistant. She is like kind of Kanye a little bit, you know, just bringing a lot of people <laughs> for whatever big thing you're doing at that time. So she tells her brother about a frightening dream she had the night before where the earth was moving closer to the sun. Like in the dream, she's telling people like, look at the sun is so much bigger today. And then someone goes to her. Um, that's not good because that's signifying the end of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's very worried about this dream. By day 23. It sounds like schizophrenia a little bit. Because, yeah, well, yeah, she's not in a good place. It doesn't seem like it. So they remember they arrived there March 30th. That accident happened on April 6th. Okay. And so now we're further ahead, day 23. Lisa's really losing control of the documentary. It's filming is kind of chaotic. And the strict diet is thrown out the window by everybody. There's footage of them at the store buying Oreos and candy. Bars. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they're like, forget those. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Caca drinks. Yeah, I'm not eating dirt here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Day 25, five more days to go. Her premonitions are continuing, but she decides to move forward anyway. She rents another vehicle, a red Mitsubishi SUV. That brings us to early evening, Thursday. April 25th, 2002. Lisa is driving with six passengers on their way to the small village of Roma. And we have a clip. This is from her last day. How are you doing, sis? Oh, man, I'm good. We're going to go to Sambo Creek and get some shots. Just getting footage of the whole, the vibe. You know what I mean? She's holding a Coca-Cola. She's way off that diet now. Yeah. What is that, a lunchbox? Yeah, it looks like yeah, weird tin box. They're filming her for some reason. Now they pan to the back seat that shows members from the group Egypt. Oh my god yeah they swerve and that was it that was the moment of impact holy shit you weren't they expecting put, that they put that in the documentary yeah yeah oh my god so what was but in it there? doesn't look so bad and everybody else survived i'm like how the mm-hmm. fuck did she die from that pretty not chill but it looks like it you know not as severe as you would think it would look it looks like they just were about to veer off yeah. on the side of the road and maybe hit well, a couple what, what got in their trees. way there Some newspapers reported that Lisa had been trying to pass another vehicle when a truck traveling in the other direction suddenly appeared. But the authorities could only say for certain that Lisa suddenly swerved for whatever reason and lost control of the car. It flipped over several times before landing upside down in a ravine along the side of the road. Mm. The sun was setting while all the passengers laid in pain with broken bones and bruises. Did she have her seatbelt on? She did. Wow, and Mm -hmm. she still died. Lisa's autopsy revealed that she died on impact of a cranial fracture. 
Mm. And go to the next clip. This doesn't have sound, but it's a recreation I found of her accident. <laughs> a simulation with the crash test dummies inside. The band? Uh, the band? Yeah. <laughs> Watch out! So she was kind of veering off on the wrong side of the road. Oh my god, yeah. that flipped like a motherfucker. Mm. Jeez. She, yeah, she was on the wrong side of the road. She she veered. I could see that now. So that's them just stuck upside down. Yeah, <clears throat> in pain. Like what the fuck? And they don't know Lisa's dead yet. No, man, god. she just fucking nailed her head. That'll yeah. do it. Kind of like that that kid that she tried to save. You know, it it, it was a head trauma that did did him in also. Yeah. An official statement from T-Boz and Chili, quote, we had all grown up together and were as close as a family. Today, we have truly lost our sister. Lisa Left Eye was 30 years old. Wow. Andre Risen. Yeah, young, very young. Andre Risen said, Lisa was my heart. We're going to let her fly with wings like angels do. She's truly and definitely an angel. Incidentally... Andre went on to marry a woman named Lisa Lopez. With Incidentally. What? Yeah. I thought crazy? you were going to say Lisa Left Eye. I was like, whoa. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> it's a family name, Left Eye. <laughs> yeah, he married. he's married to a woman named Lisa Lopez. That's wild. Currently, and they yeah. have kids. I'm sure he wanted to, to have like a long-term relationship with her, but like, he was a cheater and that's just what happened. And you know, she just wasn't having it and she yeah. like fought back right. and stuff. Maybe he got in a different arrangement with this new Lisa Lopez. <laughs> you guys aren't amazed enough that he's married to someone with the same. That name. is shocking. I don't know what to make. Is it with a Z or S? Z. Okay. <laughs> Lisa's brother, Ronald <laughs> was tasked with accompanying his sister's casket home by way of private jet. But the casket would not fit in the jet. So he had to receive special permission from U.S. Customs to remove a plywood container that surrounded it. Oh. What a nightmare. Hmm. There was a private wake on May 1st, 2002, and then a public memorial on May 2nd at a Baptist church in Lithonia, Georgia. The family called the service a homecoming in order to keep an air of celebration rather than mourning. Did she have a lot of family at this time around the Georgia area? Because I know she wasn't from there, really. She came there with a keyboard and a hundred and a, bucks and a dream and a hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I wonder, you know, not really. Yeah, it seemed like she had family scattered, but maybe they they made their way to Georgia. For and it. she scattered too. Ah, uh, well, no, because she went to Honduras a lot, and yeah, yeah. And now her ashes are going to be scattered. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. God. No, but she wasn't cremated anyway. Okay, I just shoehorned that in and it didn't even work <laughs> nice <laughs> love it an imported version of supernova jumped in sales following her death as did all three of tlc's albums at the time of lisa's death she had been working on another studio album called nina remember nina nina mm-hmm. yeah that was the her uh drunk person evil twin oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and apparently Nina stands for new identity not applicable. And this was on Speaking of shoehorning ideas yeah. after the fact. This was on music label The Row, Suge Knight's label. Oh god. And Lisa was even in talks with David Bowie 
on a collaboration. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have been amazing. I know. David Bowie and TLC uh, Calabro, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Legendary. Lisa had completed about six or seven songs on the planned fourth album by TLC. And it would eventually be released by Arista Records on October 10th, 2002, with the title 3D. And this is before the 3D craze. Yeah. She started it. Yeah. This is, a, you know, they're forward thinkers. <laughs> yeah. Like that, whatever.com, the original title of her solo. Oh, okay. This, this Fantasy1.com. This inspired James Cameron to do Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's a catchy title. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do one big movie and then three more that uh, never come out. That take 50 years to make. I know. It's crazy. 3D has been certified platinum. And really, it received generally positive reviews. Billboard magazine wrote that with 3D, TLC has crafted a fitting tribute to a departed sister. And that's pretty much all I got. Wow. Wow. I do have one more clip that I think you guys would find interesting. Let's let's uh, see it. T-Boz wanted to. I don't know how to (laughs) send it. T Boss talking to some wacko on E. Yes, there you go. On E, the okay, drug? no, so the entertainment. Tyler oh, okay. Henry, he speaks to ghosts or something. Oh Jesus! And so she's doing a reading with him. Oh, okay, is this wild on? Is this the? Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's on E. <laughs> okay, so let's see what we get. Ain't it a bitch? Give me one sec. This is strange. You have like a weird death here coming through is like the way I need to kind of process this. Whoever this was, and it would have been a female, not a male. I'm also seeing music signs. This is interesting the way this comes across. What a dumb she used to, she's fucking... Having, like, what is he this? claims uh, he's not she'll, told she'll, like, who joke. they are before <laughs> they enter the room. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like the doctor like, in the hut down there. It's like a funny, like, <laughs> like a weird... She's just being silly. Mm-hmm. It's like a funny, <laughs> random, like, silly, like... Like she's, is she loud? She's very, very direct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way this okay. comes across. Oh my God. Uh-huh. I wouldn't Someone say loud. Someone might go in by a nickname. I'm getting a reference yeah. to... It's like a name she's I've like, never heard before. You're really a quack. Like um, I think we all know what's going on. Well, most of us. Uh, I don't know this name, but it's funny because she's the type that could have given an advice and told everyone, like, get out of that relationship. He's not good for you. <laughs> but when it came to getting that advice herself... It was much harder. Oh, that's so true. We said what show was he was doing some crazy <laughs> shit at towards like the it. end. I used to be like, and then she would tell me, "Well, I just had to argue with you to get my point across." When and she was like, "I knew an hour ago that you was right." I'm like, "What are you doing?" This is like some Mistress Cleo <laughs> shit. Yeah, Miss Cleo from California. I mean, he claims he didn't Google her before. That's absurd. That that plays the well that's also the people that watch E was into that. Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's even from 5 years ago. That's, that's insane. That's their demo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fools that are into like uh, you know, fucking Zodiac oh, killer or whatever. John Edwards. John Edwards and that shit. Sylvia Brown. Yeah. Oh, that's the best clip ever. When she's on Montel Williams and she's talking to someone not knowing how their husband died. And she's like, oh, I, I see that they can't breathe. And the woman's like, yeah. And she's like, uh, he's drowning in water. And she goes, no, he died in the Twin Towers. And she goes, is there any way that he could have drowned in there? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Maybe he flew out of the tower. Yeah. Into the <laughs> into East the River. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she sounded like this. Yeah. Oh, she's the worst. Yeah. 
So final thoughts. Oh, amazing artist, complete lunatic. Completely crazy. What a way to go. Yeah. And again, following that she, you know, who knows why she swerved like that, but all those people in the car could have been killed with her. Yeah. Yeah. The fact she's the only one that died is odd because usually it's the driver that stays alive and everybody else dies. Well, the person in the passenger seat, at least, is usually the one that dies because that's the most dangerous seat in the car. Yeah. Or a van or whatever. But I think she just brought all these people down. She was going through like a nervous breakdown of some sort. It seems like. Not like she swerved purposely, but if she was like agitated and tired of driving around and like, you know, the voices in her head are going crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, she's. She's getting more aggressive in her driving. It leads to dangerous situations like this. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like it's a very well-maintained road. It's like a dirt road in the middle of a jungle. Yeah, like, it's a rural area. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. Dr. Sebi died in 2016. Oh. Too bad Dr. Sebi. He couldn't Sebi, cure death. Yeah, he no. couldn't put any <laughs> chemicals over her to bring her back to life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Can't man. cure head trauma, I guess. And TLC's still at it. The same year... That T Boz sat down with Tyler Henry for the reading. Yeah. They released another album. Really? Yeah. And they're still doing it. Wow. Touring? Yeah. And yeah. she has battled sickle cell anemia. Oh, yeah. For I remember she had that. Entire career. So she's an inspiring T-Boz. person yeah. because yeah. she has struggled with that. Sometimes they would have to delay touring in their heyday because of that. Yeah. But here she is. Still yeah. doing it. Well, I think Left Eye was kind of the star of that group a little bit, but um, you know, you got to hey. move on at some point. Yeah, you you don't just have two stooges. <laughs> you get <laughs> treat. You said it, and I don't mean to call them stooges. You think Larry and Mo? Who are you but... saying? <laughs> Who's Shemp? the lesser stooge you're talking about? Here? You don't just have two musketeers. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Takes three. <laughs> it yeah. Did. Apparently, Snow is still alive, and she's actually a singer songwriter as well. Oh. Great. Yeah. That's a good update. Snow Lopez. Wow. Yeah. She looks. It's her. She's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Wow. And Lisa was gorgeous. Wait, she, who's no, whose notes are? The adopted the, the daughter adopted. of Lisa. Oh, really? Yeah, the kid oh, wow. she took in from the mom that was in rehab. Yeah. Well, was she in the car? Where was she? No, she that? wasn't there. Oh, okay. Thankfully. But Lisa, during that whole documentary, what I noticed, because she would speak directly into the camera a lot, she had these huge doe eyes and just striking to me. Yeah. Like, she really had a presence. Yeah, she did. She looked intense. Yeah, and she always had that look about her, and that's why that group works so much. They all just owned it. Gone too soon. R.I.P. R.I.P. Lisa. Yeah, she also did the uh, she did like the shoe polish under her eyes sometimes, like, like the one football of, player, like the football player, yeah, maybe like the eye black, yeah, the eye black mm, thing, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, she was a very quirky, uh, interesting personality, mm-hmm. great musical talent, gone too so exactly. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to follow us somewhere, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Death and Entertainment at uh, you name it, except for Twitter, which is Diepod twenty twenty one. Yep, we'll start working on that. Maybe Elon Musk. Maybe Twitter will be done soon. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Sounds like it's yeah. imploding. <laughs> yeah, it's not doing well. So I wouldn't mind cutting the Twitter loose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get some reactions. We get like three hundred followers on there now. TikTok, TikTok is our growing. Is our bread and butter. It's, it's our, our baby. It's our meat and potatoes. It's our. Uh, you know, our yim and yams are 
<laughs> it's our Dr. Sebi. Yeah, Dr. Sebi in the hut. Dr. Sebi in the hut. That sounds like a good uh, band. Dr. Sebi in the mud huts. <laughs> yeah, in the mud huts. <laughs> and we mentioned YouTube, right? Yes. Great. But we'll yeah. mention it again. Also our bread and butter. YouTube. Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, everything. Please. Let's get us on the chart. Reviews and reviews. give us five stars. Yes, we need reviews, give reviews, reviews. Text reviews with some words and nice things and five stars. Yes, please. Thank please. you. Thank and you. never tell us when we're wrong, please. No. Never. <laughs> Do not reply to any of our videos with uh, <laughs> with facts that you came up with out of your ace. Yeah. Ace hole. Until next week. Until next week, don't go dying on us. Bye. When someone passes away, look up. A new star is born.